0: Acts chapter 2 beginning in verse 37 and ladies and gentlemen this is the Word of God now when they heard this they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the Apostles brothers what shall we do and Peter said to them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself and with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying save yourselves from this crooked generation so those who received his word were baptized And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray together. Lord, unveil the truth of your word to us and this be glorified we ask in Jesus name Amen please be seated preacher was once asked how long it took him to prepare his message was it 10 hours 12 hours how long and he said about 12 years <laughs> what he meant by that was that the preaching was the result of a long journey of study uh, I would say the message I'm about to bring is a message that is and has been many decades in the making some people come to me and at times have said I wish I heard you 20 years ago and what I say to them is no you don't Uh, I didn't know what I just said 20 years ago you might say I want to know the content of what you've said 20 years ago me too me too Um, I just didn't know what i know now 20 years ago i was converted at the age of 14 i grew up in a christian environment i wouldn't call it a christian home because a lot of things weren't in place that should have been but i remember my father asking me to go to church he was a preacher at the age of 14 i was asked to go to a church service where he knew the gospel would be proclaimed and i was not really interested but i wanted to get him off my back because he'd been asking for a while and uh, many of you have had similar things where you come because you were drugged to church and i was kind of drugged there and didn't want to be there but i was intrigued because the music was lively and then uh, though i didn't want to stay for this the rest of the service i had to endure it But somewhere in the middle of the sermon i became interested in what i wasn't interested in before i became interested in christ as if he stepped off the page of the bible and he became a real figure to me i had a father who was something of a hypocrite in many ways and it's only in the recent years i've begun to talk about it he was a preacher and a wife beater but as i heard the message i realized christ was real And one day i'm going to have to stand before him and the excuse of my dad would not fly in his presence i couldn't say to jesus i would have loved and served you but my dad Uh, i think the lord would say i'm going to deal with your dad separately what about you so i came to christ uh that the way it happened in that service is the way it happens in in many churches the preacher preached and then asked those who wanted Christ to raise their hand and I rose my I raised my hand and thought that would be the end of it that was just the beginning of it I was then asked those that raised their hand and there was only two of us to walk forward and I thought what walk forward in front of all these people don't you know I'm very 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 shy and he insisted come on he looked at me come on young man he asked me to come forward kind of demanded I did walk to the front then I was escorted to a counseling area where I was to give my name and address and social security. No, I don't think they asked for that. Uh, But asked to sign a card, and I thought, okay. And the guy next to me was talking a lot, and I was saying very little. And he was saying, oh, this is amazing. I, I saw this, and I thought, oh, I didn't see anything. I just realized my need of the gospel, and here I am signing cards and hoping I can get out of this thing that I've just got myself into. I was eventually let back led back uh, let to go back and uh, to my uh, seat and uh, I saw my father for the first time in my life still with tears running down his cheek as he was uh, just so moved that I'd done all these things in the service and um, anyway I thought that was it and I was just glad when the service was over my favorite part of the service was the benediction it told me the thing was over and so I was on the way out of the church service, and a gentleman at the door who knew that I'd done all these things said, "See you next week." I said, "See me next week," and I just just shook my head. In my mind, don't you realize what I've just done? I'm good for another four years after all this. Uh, I don't need to come back. I, I I just needed Christ, and I've said I needed him as my Savior and Lord, and. He said see you next week now they understood i was somewhat into sports and so they hurriedly arranged a youth meeting that friday night which was going to be sports oriented and there were desperate calls for me to come and uh, that's what drew me to the friday night meeting and i was hooked by then because i loved soccer so much and there we go the rest is history and i came back the next sunday but the lord has means right to 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 win our hearts but i realized i was dealing with something in my head whereby i understood christ but i did not see the need for church there was this disconnect and i think many christians are in that category they uh, believe in christ they have a relationship with him but no relationship with the church and that is a big disconnect to have a relationship with the head of the church but not with the body you would not Uh, be impressed if you saw someone's head and not their body joined together Um, they're not going to do too well and so it is many Christians are disconnected from the church what's interesting as we read this passage and we're going to use it just as a springboard to go to other passages is when we read in verse 37 onwards and the people saying brothers what shall we do Peter didn't say raise a hand walk an aisle sign a card go to a counseling area none of that nor did he say well we're going to have to have two weeks to think about this no he immediately knew what to say repent and be baptized obviously they believed the message because they were cut to the heart you don't get cut to the heart if you don't believe it they believed the message they repented Uh, they believed they were baptized that's what happened here they were summoned by Peter, repent and be baptized, not half of you, but every one of you, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the promises for everyone that God calls to Himself. Again, very, very clear. And then it says in verse 41, they received His word and were baptized. And that's really what we believe as uh, Credo Baptists, people who are uh, believing that we make a profession of faith. And then are baptized are called credo Baptists in that they believe something the word credo comes it comes from the Latin into English and it means I believe we believe in Jesus Christ then we are baptized those who received this word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls how do we know that I'm sure they counted them as we read on we read in verse uh, Forty-two. they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They came back. It wasn't just this meeting. They came back. They were now in the life of the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And then verse 47 said, And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. There was a way of counting, whereby they knew who were in the church and who were not, in the church i wonder if you've had that same thought in your mind what have i to do with the church then we are to ask what is the church supposed to be doing when the lord converts a human soul he saves them individually but the instant they are converted he plunges them into what is called the body of christ the church The body of christ the church and this is god's program on earth i don't believe it simply started in the first century the church was seen in the wilderness we 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 read as we read our old testament the church is what god is doing in the earth he's building a people jesus said i will build my church and the gates and the strategies of hell will not stand up against it. That's what he's doing. He never said he'd build my church, your church, but he'd build his. I want to be part of what he's doing. I want it to be his. I want him to be able to look at what we're doing and say, I recognize that as mine. Because Jesus said, I'll build my church. And that's what he's doing by adding to the number day by day, all around the world. The church is the only institution that does not lose a member at death. The church most of the church is in heaven there's this little sliver of people still on earth but one day we're all going to be together in the one meeting and the Lord's Day service is us joining with heavenly Jerusalem in praising our triune God that's what we're doing we've come to Mount Zion not Sinai we've already come and that's what we do as we gather on the Lord's Day but I'm getting ahead of myself Christ through the church now nurtures the tender young soul that's been converted the church is God's method Christ's method of nurturing and supplying spiritual food so that that young Christian grows it's not an automatic process there are means by which God grows the Christian God does not say you're a strong one aren't you you don't even need the church I've often heard people say he's a strong christian i say which church does he go to oh he, he doesn't go to church well uh he's not a strong christian Amen. Amen. He, he, he's a disobedient christian uh well uh, but he's got this uh, relationship with god he reads his bible and he listens to a lot of podcasts but The Jesus, he says he obeys, commands through the writer to the Hebrews, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. Now, there may be times when you're looking for a church, but when you're looking for the church, here's what I'd say to you. Look for a church. Be on the lookout to find a place that is Bible-based, that's going to teach you the things of God, because that is God's method of growing you as a Christian. Not that you do so well on your own but you do the one another's of the christian life have you noticed you can't do the one another's and then many of them love one another serve one another pray for one another encourage one another on and on and on we could go you can't do that by yourself i've never been able to encourage one another by myself (laughs) never so if we see it as god's program to grow us what we understand is this sanctification which is a big word but means the process of becoming more christ-like over time is not an individual process by itself it's a community project and god has set the church and set things in place so that if you are to find a biblical church you should be able to find something that will nurture your soul so that you grow in Christ's likeness and God puts people in the church who are often such loving people and people you think oh I, I, really um, I, I hope that in heaven my mansion isn't that close to theirs you know I I, I to to dwell above with those we love uh, won't that be glory to dwell below we, with those we know that's another story and God has handpicked some people that will cause you to grow in Christ likeness yes you'll have to forgive them oh no 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 I don't do that I'm a Christian by myself you see you're not gonna grow by yourself when, when you, you think don't you that as a single person you're the most amazing person ever that, that ever walked the earth until you get married and really just realize I've got to work on a few things and God puts people in the body of Christ do you think Lord why did you pick them and God could say they're thinking that about you <laughs> so God has got this system in place but more than a system of people he's building as you look at the illustrations in the Bible a family a temple he's building that temple brick by brick We're a holy people and God has set the church in the earth for the nurture of your and my soul. And to live outside of the church is to be a disobedient Christian. There may be times when you have to leave a church for various different reasons or else you move to another area, but very quickly find a place where you can sink your roots and grow as a Christian and the church is the means by which God will minister and nurture your soul we call these means the means of grace what the job of the elders are to do and i say elders plural because i believe that's the biblical mandate to have more than one in place is that the elders are to search the bible to find out what does god want in the service think about that i am deluged with at least one email maybe two or three every week from Uh, organizations that promise numerical growth and they're on to the new thing which is the next thing which is bigger than the last thing it has to be bigger than the last thing or else you wouldn't go for the new thing and the program that will just take your church from 50 to 200 in three weeks if you'll just do this you may not be aware of this but pastors get this all the time these messages we're going to give them to you it's free with your gift of three hundred dollars and uh, these seven messages uh, resulted in this in dallas and this in wisconsin and if you'll put this in place you'll grow your church by having these sermons and we'll give you the rights to preach them and we won't even call it plagiarism uh, we'll give you a pass you can use it and that's a temptation and so people are often asking you know what's the deal with you what's the deal with your church and pastors are under pressure Uh, are we doing the right thing are we doing the new thing and they're checking with other pastors what are you doing and well we're doing this and what are you doing well we're doing this and people ask people like me you know what are you doing and we're saying um the ordinary means and they look at me like your what hurts you know what are you talking about uh, what we're doing is the ordinary things that God has prescribed in his word Amen. So, so 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 tell me if God really blesses King's Church what will it look like more of the same well you're not waiting for a special moment when there's so many coming that you'll do something else then no we'll do this what will we do the things we're doing now We look at the liturgy of the service and we can find commandments in our bibles saying john and anyone else who are elders do this when you gather sing to me sing songs about me sing songs of redemption read scripture give yourself to the public reading of scripture the new testament says second timothy 4 preach the word in season and out of season That means in good times and bad times strawberries are either in season or out of season that means all the time it's a euphemism it's a way of saying preach the word when people like it and when they don't (laughs) your job is to stand before me and give an answer to me about what you preach because you preach under the gaze of God It doesn't matter if everyone else is pleased. What matters is, is God pleased? If God is pleased, as one man has said, it doesn't matter who's displeased. If God is displeased, it doesn't matter who is pleased. You preach to an audience of one. It's great when people like it. We much prefer that. But the job of the preacher is to preach and proclaim. Not just to say, you know, I'm just going to share a few of my thoughts with you. I once went to a mega church in the area that will be nameless to protect the guilty (laughs) and I took my Bible and I noticed I was the only one bringing the Bible maybe they were bringing them on their phones but I wasn't sure and uh, there was a lot in that service that was just exceptional in the way of quality they put a, a video up on the screen that I'm sure took two months to put together it was of a very high standard and then the preacher well he wasn't a preacher came out in a t-shirt and some shorts and flip flops and uh, didn't have a pulpit and he says i'm here just to share with you i'm not going to preach i'm going to share with you and i'm thinking okay the bible says preach you got a problem with that right you want to just share all right okay and so he shared and he says oh you saw in the video this 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 and this and i'm thinking yeah this 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 and this and and he said um this and that and then he said that and this so it was this and that that and this that would be a summary of what he said and then he said now jesus had something to say about this and my ears pricked up yes for the first time in this service we're going to hear that what jesus said we're going to hear the word of god and here's what he did he looked at his watch and he says i don't have time to quote him directly but let me just summarize what he said I just left the place and you know what not one scripture was said in the 98 minutes of the service and I think what does Jesus think about that I don't think he thinks too much about it when he has said this is how you'll function when you worship me you see it's just the same in the Old Testament as in the new just the same in the New Testament as in the old the job of the Levitical priests to stay alive was to do things God's way in building the tabernacle and making the tabernacle and in the order of worship in the service and you try your own thing and do your own thing you read Leviticus 10 you die now thankfully God's grace is upon many people but in the eyes of God I don't believe he's less displeased when we think I know what your word says but I think ministers are waiters they're not cooks Jesus himself is the cook and he says this is what I want on the plate take it without delay to the table don't look at the plate along the way and say well they're not going to be interested in this I'm going to take the steak out they're not ready for that or I don't think they're into potatoes this is a culture right now that is just not into potatoes right now so I'm just going to take them off no waiter don't mess with the food that's the message preach the word in season out of season all right let's think about a definition I came across one online that I've modified slightly I'm certainly going to read it to you the local church what is it it's a community of regenerated believers who confess Jesus Christ as Lord in obedience to Scripture they organized under qualified leadership gather regularly for preaching and worship observe the biblical ordinances of baptism and communion are unified by the Spirit are disciplined for holiness subject to church discipline and scatter to fulfill the great commandment and the Great Commission as missionaries to the world for God's glory and their joy now we could unpack that for weeks we're not going to do that but every phrase I believe is a biblical phrase in the sense of it's coming out of what the scriptures teach about what the church is notice that it's not two Christians meeting for coffee what it is is the gathered community of the Saints under qualified leadership now here's the thing it could be that elders are just power hungry people and there are abuses we have to say that in the area of authority however since jesus i was going to start the sentence with if but it's since jesus has said you shall gather and there shall be elders who oversee the flock then god calls elders to do exactly that under jesus and they do it with trembling knees they do it in the fear of god hopefully Not trying to just flex their muscles and say obey me because i'm your boss no the 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 whole thing is we're going to answer to christ one day about how we function as elders and it's his church and we answer to him but the means of protection and nurture for the sheep are qualified elders functioning functioning according to the bible the elders authority stops when the bible stops In other words that's the mark of their authority up to what the bible says they should go no more what they should do is tell people what the bible says in counseling tell people what the bible says in evangelism tell people what the bible says in preaching preach what the bible says don't come up with your own ideas tell it like it is according to your study of the word of god so that what you're bringing forth is true and will be true 50 years from now 100 years from now so many have a disconnect with the church and yet it is the New Testament that really describes the Christian faith as a community project by which we're sanctified in the local church Kim Riddlebarger once said this it's foreign to the New Testament to have someone professing faith in Christ and not be a member of a local church now we saw in the book of acts this uh, description of what the people did they repented they believed they were baptized and were added to the church and all that took place on the same day it's very much an individualist culture that we have in our western world that says you repent and believe okay but Uh, maybe eight years down the line you'll be baptized and then think about being a member of a church but on day one of the Christian Church they had all four things in place they repented they believe what is to repent it means to change our thinking I was Lord of my life now Jesus is I do a 180 about face turn and say I was walking in my own direction now I'm following Christ how do we follow him? By hearing his word and obeying it and what God puts in the heart of the new converts is a heart to obey him to believe him they actually now want what they didn't want 14 minutes before they have a new heart they want Christ and they want to do his will and so if you've got an understanding of what God says and yet you're resisting it check your heart check your heart so repentance faith water baptism membership well you know i've been hurt in church i understand to quote jeff weissner the best place to heal from a toxic church is in the care of a healthy church god never says oh you've been hurt just stay on the sidelines for 14 years uh, while i minister to you no um be healed by the means that God has prescribed in his word Um, again many programs fight for our attention what should we be doing I believe what the church should be doing is means of grace ministry so that people can show up and understand they're going to have the Bible read they're going to have the Bible rightly preached they're going to have ordinances like water baptism for the new converts and the Lord's Supper now this does not sound very spectacular does it It doesn't look good to the world but if we understand with spiritual eyes what is taking place in the spiritual realm jesus is nurturing every sheep this is his means he says look you you do what i told you to do i'll do what i promised to do i'll nurture that one I'm amazed when I'm preaching some of the passages we go through and especially as we go through the book of Acts Ephesians or Genesis or Hebrews wherever we are I think I know what sister Joanne is going through how can this passage be relevant but the Holy Spirit makes it relevant I don't have to make the Bible relevant it is relevant just show its relevance it's alive the Word of God is alive all Scripture Is inspired by God not just the parts we think are applicable to people every bit of it every bit of it even the genealogies people have been converted reading the genealogies so the spectacular that's the new program I want to have something that's supernatural do you know it's supernatural that when we read the Bible God is speaking that's why we pay attention. That's why we stand up. That's why we say, hear the word of the Lord. This is different from my thoughts. Do you know, I'm not interested in my thoughts. Well, surely you're interested in your thoughts. Not not even interested. I want to tell you what God says. He says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are higher. I want the higher. I want the best. I want to serve you some great food. I want this to be the place around town where you know it's one of many, because I hope there are many like us, where you can go and say, I'm going to hear a word from God. A fresh word from God. Because it's fresh to us by the means of the holy spirit as the bible's read and as the bible's proclaimed that doesn't seem exciting but it's entirely supernatural and i have a phone call from joanne later in the week you have no idea how you outlining the priesthood of melchizedek helped me i'm thinking how on earth did you do it god i have no idea How did you encourage her when I know what she's going through, the pain she's gone through in surgery, she's got a family member doing this to her, she's got a lawsuit over here, and you encouraged her by the ministry of Melchizedek in Hebrews 7? How do you do it? God says, that's my business. You preach the word, I'll nurture the saints. I'll feed the flock. I'll do it. You be about my business. You don't have to try to soup up a word that will encourage it do you imagine that in my study how oh lord how lord am i going to sir how am i going to get to a heart i don't know how to put the god who of scripture can he says preach my word son and let me out through the word ordinary church john macarthur calls it right sanctification is a community project i once wrote this Sanctification is a pro- community project as each believer is progressively conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus through the ordinary means of grace, which are Lord's Day worship, the preaching of the Word, prayer, fellowship, baptism, and the Lord's Supper in the corporate life of the local church. Now, all of this should take place under the care of elders. That's why two Christians meeting in uh, Starbucks at Starbucks for coffee may not be the church because the church gathering though they are part of the church it's not the church service under the care of elders by the means of grace people are so independent in our world that that is not talked about that you actually got a problem with Jesus when you won't do what Jesus said moving right along don't look at me in that tone of voice (laughs) we should be involved in the private reading of scripture but most Christians through the centuries do you realize this didn't even have a full Bible it was the elite in society before the printing press at least who would have a Bible you'd have to employ someone for nine months to 12 months to write out the Bible you got enough that for that for a year's salary just sit there in that chair eight hours a day under candlelight and come up with the bible and you come up with this big thick thing thank god for the printing press go with me to first peter chapter one that's the introduction (laughs) some of you scared because you know i'm not kidding first Peter chapter 1 the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the message of Christ God has means by which faith comes the hearing of the gospel the hearing of the message of Christ what is that gospel That God sent his son into the world born of a virgin living a sinless perfect life dying on the cross in the place of sinners taking the wrath and the anger of god due to us he that was without sin himself and he bore our sins in his body on the tree the bible says and he died in our place and rose again from the dead and now is at the place of all authority in the entire universe so that anyone who repents and believes is saved saved from what saved from an audience with god whereby he banishes us to hell for eternity But more than that saves us to be with god for eternity which is the joy of all joys in His presence there's fullness of joy that ladies and gentlemen is the gospel first peter chapter 1 look with me in verse 22 having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again it's writing to christians not of perishable seed but imperishable Through the living and abiding Word of God see God uses means they're born again through something by the means of something through the living and abiding Word of God for all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass the grass withers it's temporary here for a while the flower falls same thing Very temporary here for a while then gone but the word of the Lord this is in contrast remains forever and notice this and this word is the good news that was preached to you God used the means of the preached word for them to be born again and that's how God does it means of grace there's a heading in the second Helvetic confession which is the second generation uh, reformation statement in the swiss churches there's a heading called this the preaching of the word of god is the word of god what they mean by that is when the word of god is preached that's god's word being proclaimed now it's obvious to say the word of god is the word of god but the preached word of god is the means whereby God converts sinners chapter 1 of that Helvetic confession reads like this wherefore when this word of God is now preached in the church by preachers lawfully called we believe that the very word of God is proclaimed and received by the faithful and that neither any other word of God is to be invented nor is it to be expected from heaven we don't expect the audible voice of god in the service and that now the word itself which is preached is to be regarded not the minister that preaches notice this for even if he be evil and a sinner nevertheless the word of god remains still true and good what it's saying is it's not about the spirituality of the preacher it's about what's happening And the word being preached means God is speaking. The preached word used by the Holy Spirit brings forth the people of God. They're born again by that methodology, by that means. And it strengthens and nurtures people in their faith. Because it's the voice of the shepherd through the minister speaking to us. You know, we have our favorite preachers. Some people have the idea, if brother so-and-so isn't going to be there, I'm not coming. That's a, that's a big mistake. You've got to look beyond the preacher. When the word of God is opened up, when it's really taught and expounded, God is there nurturing your soul, and you need it, and I need it get under the spout where the glory comes out is a phrase used by many and it's good get to where the word of god's going to be preached find a church not closest to you closest to the bible paul, paul washer said i totally agree martin luther said this i hear the sermon but who is speaking the minister no indeed you do not hear the minister true the voice is his but my god is speaking the word which he preaches or speaks so the preached word is a means of grace the lord's supper is a means of grace go in your bibles to first corinthians chapter 11. just sharing something I was about to be married which was different from me marrying others which is part of uh, what a pastor does and uh, the pastor was asking what we'd like in the wedding service and one of the things that we my future bride and I wanted was uh, communion the Lord's Supper after the vows so we take the vows and we wanted it to be which is what I'd done for others our first meal would be the Lord's Supper ah isn't that nice and the elder who was looking at us said uh sorry we won't do that i said what he said sorry uh, i can't do that it would violate my conscience violate your conscience what what's the problem with having the lord's supper at a wedding he said well my understanding of scripture is that it's a corporate event not a private event that the whole church gathers for it and it's under the care of elders i had never heard this in my life and I tried not to be offended I hope when you hear something that you've never heard of before you don't immediately go to offense but you say now tell me why and he went to various Bible passages just very quickly and uh, I said okay and I thought about it and I had to think about it for a week and then I realized I think he's right look in first Corinthians chapter 11 look in verse 17 we're going to highlight a couple of phrases it's a passage we uh, read very often uh, when when we're having the Lord's Supper verse 17 it says when you come together do you see that but in the following instructions this is first Corinthians 11 verse 17 because when you come together it's not for the better but for the worse for in the first place when you come together as a church It's the second time it's mentioned look in verse 20 when you come together then verse 33 so then my brothers when you come together to eat wait for one another and if anyone is hungry let him eat at home that's a different thing that's a contrast to the lord's supper that's something different what you do at home is different so that when you come together it'll not be for judgment five times in this passage we hear that phrase we read that phrase when you come together and it's a corporate gathering under the care of elders rightfully administered the lord's supper has a teaching about the lord's supper or the scripture is read concerning the lord's supper and then we partake it's not just something on its own i once went to a service and again a mega church and they on the way in were just handing out the bread and the cup, and they said, "Just eat it now." There's no uh, instruction, nothing. Once received a phone call, which was very interesting, from someone interested in coming to the church, and they had one question. They said, "I've got one question for you, Pastor. Do you fence the table?" Fortunately, I knew what she was talking about. It's a lady, and I was able to answer, "Yes." What it means is fencing the table is. The table is there but we put a fence around it of biblical parameters and say now before you partake hear scripture and find out what are the requirements to partake rather than hey it's all about you we're a seeker sensitive church we don't want you to feel uncomfortable you know it's good for us if we're not christians to be uncomfortable partaking of the lord's supper as you read scripture it's not good for those who partake in an unworthy manner right can you say amen or Owe me amen (laughs) amen so in the under the care of elders what we're saying is those who are partaking fulfill the biblical requirements of what a christian is see baptism is our proclamation i'm a christian the lord's supper is the church's proclamation this is a christian and that's why at various times not often thankfully but on a very few and seldom occasion i've had to go up to a brother or a sister and say now i understand you're dealing with this particular sin and it's not dealt with and they said yes i said well until it is it's not wise we're not going to really allow you to partake of the lord's supper and that is a discipline and they could be very upset they could see that as elders flexing their muscles just wanting to show power or the other alternative is you've actually got loving shepherds who are concerned about your soul you partake in that uh, that con- heart condition it's not going to be good for you take your choice i believe it's love even with trembling knees i've gone up to people and say very very rarely Uh, until this is dealt with we're, we're going to ask that you don't partake what's that that's fencing the table so they just don't come on come in brazen and say I can partake because I feel I can no elders are shepherds and they are to shepherd the sheep and the work of the shepherd involves nurture and it means also protection John Calvin once said this the pastor ought to have two voices one for gathering the sheep and another for warding off and driving away wolves and thieves first Peter 5 shepherd the flock of God that is among you exercising oversight not under compulsion but willingly as God would have you not for shameful gain but eagerly not domineering over those in your charge but being examples to the flock those in your charge implies that the elders knew those for whom they're responsible turn to hebrews chapter 13 we haven't got there yet in our trek through the book of hebrews look at verse 17 hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 again this is jesus through the writer to the hebrews obey your leaders and submit to them now elders are notorious for stressing this part of the verse (laughs) obey your leaders submit to them some have really abused this and said things like this to their parishioners Uh, your front door is green paint it red why because I'm your elder now like I said earlier your authority as an elder begins and ends with what the Bible says the Bible doesn't say anything about doors being painted red or green or any other color they can paint it with speckled spots and that's okay it's all right No, obey your leaders and submit to them why because hopefully your leaders are telling you what the Bible says here's where I tremble not the first part of the verse the rest of the verse for they that's the leaders are keeping watch over your souls as those will have to give an account let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you go actually to the back of your bulletin today and you'll see a listing of requirements regarding who can partake repentant sinners baptized We could say members have you heard me say this and people maybe it goes one in one ear and out the other members in good standing of a gospel preaching church here's what's behind it the elders here or else elders elsewhere are able to say you're a genuine question in other words you've got the go-ahead from the elders now that smacks like authoritarianism like they're just showing you their spiritual authority and muscles no they're watching out for your souls and if brother so-and-so has got a problem and he's not dealing with it and it's of a sufficient high degree and he's still not dealing with it it's right for him not to partake until he shows he's a Christian when it's done right baptism is the confession of faith on the profession of faith we baptize but the lord's supper understood is the elders saying as far as we can determine this is a christian partake here's the other thing elders are hopefully believers too and if there is an issue with an elder we have to invoke the words of matthew 18 and go to him privately and then take two and then if they still know repentance take a third uh, tell it to the church that's god's methodology jesus methodology of solving our relationship issues or when someone goes astray you see an elder is hopefully a member of the church now say you have a, an elder and maybe there's five elders But one elder has a prejudice against people from Mongolia or something and uh, someone in the church is now from Mongolia they show up and there's something that's never happened before He, he gets really aggressive against this person because they're from Mongolia and he's got this issue with people from Mongolia well if it's just a one person eldership he can get away with it some of you know of one person elder pastor led churches where he can get away with anything, but with a plurality, the others can come alongside him and say, What's this? You you you, you, you what what you doing with this guy from Mongolia You're calling in names in the service? This this shouldn't happen. <laughs> Amen. Do you know it's a safeguard for the people? Because if one of the elders goes off the edge, off the deep end, the others can Either bring him back or else say you know what you're looking like you're not a believer also you're not dealing with the sin in your heart which is prejudice and it's a protection for the sheep and it's christ means of protection for the sheep seen in that light it's a whole different ball game isn't it so it should be that we say i've got the elders go ahead to partake amen but that's so foreign to our thinking because we've not been taught by the bible it shows actually we care the alternative to this is what's very popular and that is don't do anything that will cause someone to feel not loved and that's why you can go to many churches across town and you drove past a number of them before you probably got here today where it doesn't matter what people do it doesn't matter what kind of sin they're living in it's never talked about as long as they come and put something in the offering bag all is good do you know that is not loving when you understand what is at stake it is not loving at all why build a church service for seekers when there are none what did you say uh, romans three eleven says there is no one who seeks after god so why build a church service for people that don't exist there is a seeker and he is the one that we should please the father who seeks those who will worship him in spirit and truth john chapter 4 so if you're seeking after god guess what god first sought you He found you he gave you a new heart you had no interest like I didn't till I was 14 I had no interest in God till God sought me took out a heart of stone put in a heart of flesh that still beats to know him and will for all eternity not because of my big wonderful will but because God gave me a new heart that wanted him and saw the treasure of Christ What this is saying is there's a principle involved in theology called the regulative principle of worship that means all is to be governed by the explicit commands of scripture and we say lord may you be pleased as we meet together i've said before but it bears repeating sometimes someone will say after a service great service pastor and i really appreciate it i so i'm encouraged by the words but then silently in my heart and mind, i'm saying i know the lord will be the judge of whether that was a great service he can actually say something like i'll be the judge of that i want to please him i want him to be pleased so that should god bless king's church beyond my wildest dreams five years from now ten years from now and even a generation from now there'll be someone in the pulpit opening up the scriptures preaching the word of god and the means of grace happen in every service whereby people do what the Bible says singing praise to Him, hearing His word, the Lord's Supper, the, 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 the wonderful means of grace whereby no matter what our condition is, we're fed and nurtured and protected by the Shepherd. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We ask that you'd give each of us hearts. That would submit to it. And in this, you be glorified. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.